This is Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast, here with Jack Henry. He is one of the producers of our podcast, and we've got Anna Marie Morrow. She's the director of Medicare here at Merkle Retirement Planning. Today, we are answering your most frequently asked Medicare questions. From supplements to penalties to when to elect, you asked and we answered. But... Before we talk about Medicare, speaking of questions, oh boy. <laughs> dun dun dun. Jack is one of the newest team members here at Muckle Retirement Planning. Jack, we're so glad to have you on board. Jack, thank you, thank ta- yeah, you. so good to have you. Jack takes care of a lot here. He wears a lot of hats, but one of his big projects is our YouTube channel, Merkel Retirement Planning. You can search that when you go to YouTube. He has really been working hard on making the videos beautiful, organized, titles and descriptions. I mean, so much goes in to that YouTube page. It sure does. We spend a lot of time making sure it looks nice and people get the information that they need. So check it out. You can see Jack's hard work, but back to questions. (laughs) Jack has a big question coming up in his life. Jack, tell us what's about to happen. The short answer to the big question is, will you marry me? And that's (laughs) going to be to my girlfriend of now four years. And hopefully that question will have been popped by the time this episode comes out. (laughs) Otherwise... Major we'll keep, spoilers incoming. We'll keep you all posted if it's a yes or a no. <laughs> Feel free to call in to find out. <laughs> what if Charlotte first hears it here? What if Charlotte's listening to the podcast and she hears it first and she calls you and says, yes, yes, I will marry you, Jack. <laughs> well, that might be an easier way to do it than actually asking her. But. There you go. There you go. We'll have to consider the best route to go. I suspect, though, if I know you, Jack, you've got a great proposal planned. I know the ring has recently been purchased and I know you're excited for just the right timing to ask that very important question. Anna Marie, do you remember the day that Dustin proposed to you? I do. It was January of 2016. We were at a restaurant in downtown Des Moines that's no longer there. Um, And it's funny because I was, I did not have this on my radar at all. I'm like, I feel like most people know it's coming. I did not. And so the waitress towards the end of dinner, she puts this box in front of me. And I was thinking it was a box of mints, how they, you know, give you a box of mints <laughs> yeah. at a fancy restaurant. Sure. Yeah. So I just ignored it because I wasn't done eating yet. <laughs> and so then she comes back like 30 seconds later and literally puts it, like slams it on my plate in the middle of it. I'm like, like that was aggressive. <laughs> and then I see it's an actual nice fancy box. <laughs> and you're like, wait and a second. Okay. Those are, er- those are mint. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I need to open this box up right now. Get down on one knee, Dustin. And yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he did. Everyone cheered. And I was, yeah, happy that it was not mint. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Nice surprise there. Very nice. Very nice. Well, proposals and will you marry me make great questions. But if you are have Medicare eligibility in your sites, you know that there are a lot of questions you have about that because Anna Marie, I've heard you say it many times, but it bears repeating. If you are getting close to Medicare eligibility, you are getting inundated with information. Yes. And these are more stress inducing questions rather than a proposal. So uh, there's that strong difference between those two. But yeah, as people are within that first year of turning age 65, you've turned 64, expect your mailbox to just fill up. And a lot of cases, phone calls, emails, you name it, you are just getting inundated with all of this information. And unfortunately, a lot of it contradicts one another. So that's what, you know, we hope to do is just streamline information to make it an easier process and journey for people heading into this uh, retirement phase. 
We have an online journey to retirement workshop, and this is an opportunity. You sign up for the workshop, and this is an opportunity for t- people to learn about all of the decisions that are that are coming in retirement. Today, we want to focus on Medicare because what's neat about the online workshop is we allow people to ask questions during the workshop. So what we're doing here today is taking some of the questions from our online journey to retirement workshop, which we'll talk about in just a little bit, but we want to answer those Medicare questions for you because we figure, Anne-Marie, that if people are asking these questions during the online journey to retirement workshop that we hold their questions that the listeners of this podcast have. Absolutely. And I think it's also, I, I liked sharing this one disclaimer because this was a, a reaction I received after a workshop. Um, this gentleman approached me, um, this was actually an in-person workshop and he approaches me afterwards and he says, look, I came here confused about Medicare and now I've listened to what you've had to say And I'm even more confused than I was before. So if while you're listening to this and getting all this mail, you're not alone if you feel that confused as well, because everyone's situation is different. Everyone has different healthcare needs. Everyone has heard different things. But then I'm happy to report that after we met on a one-on-one basis and I learned about his goals and what he's been through, after 10 minutes, he says, oh, well, that was easy because we're trying to get information out there to cover everybody's situation, right? To, to know people will be taken care of regardless of what has happened to them. And, but once we have that one-on-one conversation, then it just streamlines that information so that you know what pertains to you specifically. Yeah, as you were talking, I found myself thinking of like a big funnel where all this Medicare information hangs out at the top and some of it's good and some of it's bad and some of it you need and some of it you don't. But once you drill down and get some of your initial questions answered, then you can get down to one or two questions. And then at the bottom of the funnel is your retirement plan, which includes a plan for Medicare, which includes oh, this pertains to me. That's the real stuff that I need. And there's some real uh, confidence when you get down to the end of that funnel. Exactly. When you have that plan, all the components work together to then guide you down that funnel to the decision that works best for you within that retirement plan. You don't have to pick and choose from this cloud hanging above the, the funnel, as you call it, which I love that. I love that metaphor. So I just took some of the questions we got during the online journey to retirement workshop. These are in no particular order. They're just things that people asked us during our online journey to retirement workshop uh, that they had, and they were questions that pertain to Medicare. So the first one that we received recently is, if my spouse turns 65 and I'm still working, so she stays on my insurance, she declines Medicare B, will she have to pay the 1% monthly penalty when she accepts it? Be prepared for each of these questions. There's always the underlying, you know, but or what ifs. Um, But I will say on this case, um, as long as there are more than 20 employees at your employment, then it is considered Medicare qualified. So at that point, if she does not elect Part B or she denies it, she will not incur a penalty as long as there are more than 20 employees at that place of business. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that penalty what is that penalty all about and when can you incur it? You can incur that 1% penalty if you've turned age 65 and let's say that you, you know, you wanted to carry COBRA through 18 months. COBRA, even though it's an extension of an employer's 
healthcare plan, it's actually considered an individual plan because you've taken over payments and the employer's not providing that subsidy. So that is no longer Medicare qualified. Or if you've been self-insuring on the marketplace, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, all those names, if you're on one of those plans, also not Medicare qualified. So if you've gone through turning age 65 and you're not on a Medicare qualified plan, and then you do elect Medicare later on, that's when you can expect that penalty. And do you find that a lot of people do end up having to pay penalties? For Part B, the medical Part B, I have not myself run into anyone having to pay that penalty. Um, I do have people who, with the Part D, the drug prescription component of it, that they don't mind being faced with that penalty later on. um, Because right now, you know, they're generally healthy, even though, you know, we've explained, hey, if you don't enroll in a Part D drug card, the same time you enroll in Part B, then you could potentially, you would have a penalty later on when you do apply for a drug card. And they're fine with that. Sure, because they're thinking the drug card's going to cost more than the penalty, or Mm -hmm. you're helping them run all of those numbers. So at least you know what you're getting into. You know what fees you may be incurring. And I think what happens probably or could happen is people hear the word penalty and they get kind of nervous, but then when you help them dive into exactly what the penalty means versus what the cost of the drug card is, then they can make a decision based on their situation. Yeah, and and to be clear, I've never advocated for anyone to to have that penalty later on. Um, Just this specific case I'm thinking of, I met with a gentleman about two years ago. Um, He was turning 65, and he just had all the arguments against Medicare, just didn't like the program and all of this, and, and he wasn't taking medications. Or if he was, he was using like senior savings discount cards. So he's like, I don't want to pay this monthly premium. I don't, I don't need it. There's not a penalty now for not enrolling in it. So I made it clear that with this Part D penalty, let's say 20 years go down the road, you know, and now he has accumulated some medications, he goes to enroll in a drug card. That's a penalty for every month you went without the drug card. Month, not year. So 20 years times how many months times 1%, that's his monthly penalty. He's going to have that penalty attached to his premium throughout the duration of his lifetime. So again, I do not advocate for going the penalty route, but a lot of people would rather go that route than paying a monthly premium now. Good to know up front what you're getting into, (laughs) right? Yes. Yes. Then you can decide, agree, disagree, where to go from there. Next question we got from our online journey to retirement workshop. Do employers have to employ a certain number of people to have COBRA. This is that magic number of 20 again. So employers uh, employing a certain number of people to have COBRA, they're mandated to provide COBRA to individuals leaving this place of business if they have more than 20 employees. If they have less than 20 employees, honestly, it's entirely up to them. I actually just met with a couple who, um, there were four employees at this company, and these two, the husband and wife, were leaving, so now that leaves two employees left, and initially the employer wasn't happy about them leaving, and so we weren't sure if he was gonna send the COBRA paperwork or not, because he honestly didn't have to. But then here it is three weeks later, and he actually did send the COBRA paperwork. It is truly at the employer's discretion if there are less than 20 employees. But over that, then yes, you are entitled to COBRA for up to 18 months. And tell me why the person that you were meeting with was so concerned about the COBRA paperwork being sent through. Because he needed some coverage to carry him until age 65. 
So his wife is Medicare eligible, but he needed that coverage to last in the next eight months until he's Medicare eligible. So we were looking at ways to fill that gap, whether he was going to have this COBRA option or going to the marketplace. And do you typically find that COBRA is a little bit cheaper than the market p- marketplace? That's a great question. <laughs> That's where we really like to dive into that cost analysis because it all comes down to premium on the marketplace and on the COBRA plan and also your income plan. What does that look like within your overall retirement plan? Because if we can implement certain strategies within an income plan and the investment plan within your overall plan, then it's possible we could show an income that could lower your premium on the marketplace. So that's where we like to do that cost analysis. That's one of those examples where having a retirement plan can guide you to that exact decision. So you don't need to make siloed decisions throughout retirement. Do you pay that Medicare cost based on two years before retirement forever? Or does it adjust to the retirement income later? Oh, Medicare cost. Irma, this is Irma, that lovely lady. So Irma, that stands for Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. And this question is one of those you definitely want to have in your back pocket when you head into Medicare. Because what we find is more and more people are not aware of this. When you first elect Medicare, they will look at your income history. They do a two-year look back. So for example, if you're electing Medicare in 2023, they will look back at what you claimed for your modified adjusted gross income in 2021. And if you exceed certain income ranges, then you will pay that higher Medicare Part B premium. But the good news is, is that it is just for that year. Every year they do a two-year look back. So again, that's where if we need to implement certain strategies within other components like investment, tax, or income planning, and maybe have to pay a little bit higher of an income for part B, because later on, once we're out of that two-year look back, then your premiums will go back down to that base, that base cost. And that that household, is it household income? Is it one person income? How do they look at that? It's how you're filing. So if you're married filing jointly or single filer. That's what they look at. And the range is clearly a little bit higher for uh, a married couple filing jointly than they are for someone. Just the income ranges, they're double. So yeah, if you look at the tax brackets, I mean, you know, you have the single and the married filing jointly, it's double. It's the same way with that or in income range for, for Irma. We do get a lot of questions about that penalty word during the online journey to retirement workshop. This is another one kind of similar to what you answered already, but I think to hear it twice is not a bad thing. Do you get penalized for Part D if you're still working and have a drug plan? If you are still working and as long as there are more than 20 employees, then you do have Medicare qualified coverage. I do like to say when I meet with people for the first time and we're looking at this, you know, should I go on employer plan or should I go on Medicare? I do like to see that Medicare qualified phrase in the summary of benefits. So if there's ever a question on that, just look for that Medicare qualified. Also, the health benefits coordinator at the place employment, they can always give that direction as well. But I do definitely like to see that even if there are more than 20 employees. It's a nice cozy blanket to just (laughs) give you that security. Yes, wrap yourself up in it. (laughs) Another question from our online journey to retirement workshop. 
do I need to be on social security to be eligible for Medicare? Oh, I like this one. No, you do not. That's one of those misconceptions I feel like with all the mail people receive because from social security, you're getting letters that if you don't elect, you will have a penalty no matter if you're working. So this is kind of where we see that, that misinformation or confusion, I should say. Um, but no, you do not have to be on social security to be eligible for Medicare. Medicare is available to those age 65 or older or to those younger than age 65 with certain uh, medical needs or situations. Um, and then for Social Security, I mean, you're eligible for that or as early as age 62, and one of them does not have anything to do with the other. The only thing to be aware of is if you do elect Social Security before turning age 65, you will automatically be enrolled in Medicare A and B when you do turn 65. And be aware, they send your Medicare card to you, I want to say like seven or eight months in advance. And eight out of 10 people throw this card away because it looks like all the other junk mail people are getting at that exact same time. So keep your eye out for that if you have already enrolled in uh, your social security benefit and Medicare's coming up. So what if I get that card in the mail, but I'm not ready to uh, elect Medicare for whatever reason, what do I do with the card? Yes, you can deny part B. On the back of the card that you're gonna get, there is a box that you can check to deny part B and send it back in. But I have seen where that option is not available on the card. If that is the case and you want to deny part B, there is a form online. It's CMS form 1763 that you can just complete and send into your local social security office to deny Part B. And we mentioned social security clearly in that question, and that makes me think about this online journey to retirement workshop, because today we're just talking about Medicare, but it's you and Sean and Lauren, and you go into all of the aspects of retirement in that workshop. It's so much fun. I, it's so fun to be a part of a, a workshop where we can literally see how all of these components and all these decisions that so many people are just consumed by and, and stressed out by when they should be focused on enjoying retirement, it's fun to just be a part of showing them how all of this overlap occurs with social security and within an income plan versus the investment planning and the tax planning, showing people how it all works together so that you can focus on your journey to and through retirement and not making any siloed, difficult decisions with all of these one-off situations. Yeah. And you kind of alluded to that earlier when you talked a little about some of the strategies that you, the retirement planners help individuals and families implement that can maybe, yeah, they can meet their income needs, but maybe not all the money's taxable. Well, why would I care about that? Well, you might care about that because it can change what you pay for Medicare premiums. And I don't eloquently explain all that because that's the, where you guys specialize. But I think if people watch this online journey to retirement workshop, that will become even more crystal clear how that all works together. It's so true. Cause when you first think of, you know, healthcare needs and healthcare options, your mind doesn't go to, Oh, okay. What has my income planning been like? What was my tax planning two years ago? That's not where your mind goes. Your mind goes to, okay, what can I forward right now? What do I need? How do I, how do I make the best decision? And it's stressful. And so that's what this plan and this workshop really shows how all of this incorporates and feeds in to one another to build that solid plan. To sign up for the Journey to Retirement Workshop, you can go to retirewithmerkel.com. Merkel spelled M-E-R-K-L-E. We will put that link in the show notes, but here's what happens. You choose a time and a date that works for you. Then get comfortable because you're going to sit back and take in about an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes of some really important information. Anne-Marie, Sean, and Lauren are going to take you through all of the components of retirement, and you're going to learn uh, what lies ahead for you if you haven't retired yet. But I also think if you watch this on 
online journey to retirement workshop, there's going to be some action steps. You're going to look at some stuff in this workshop, uh, this couple, John and Sue, they're going to do some things. They're going to make some decisions. And I think most people, Anne-Marie, whether they're single or married, can see themselves in the eyes of John and Sue in this workshop. It's fun because we also talk about the lifestyle component. When people retire, it, it's a focus on what are people retiring from, but the lifestyle component is what are we retiring to? And so part of John and Sue's journey is helping them achieve their lifestyle goals, what they want to retire to in retirement, and how having that plan behind them supports being able to do the things they want to do, like, you know, Civic Center summer season tickets. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast, please. Uh, yeah, I, Civic Center summer I'm season shocked tickets. I said it once. <laughs> that was very impressive. And this online journey to retirement workshop, you get to ask questions. So we've taken those questions. We're answering them today in this podcast. Another question that came from the online journey to retirement workshop do I have to have a supplement? Oh, do I have to? Do I have to? You do not have to do anything. <laughs> However, with that being said, Medicare A and B, which is known as Original Medicare, it was not created to be a retiree's sole form of healthcare. Just like Social Security, not created to be a retiree's sole form of income. So because of that, within Medicare A and B, there's a ton of gaps. There's no out-of-pocket maximum. So you your your limit on what you're going to pay for Medicare A&B if you need any care is literally infinity. There's no cap on it. So no, you don't have to have a supplement, but supplements fill in those gaps. And of course, as you're, if you are receiving all the mail, you know that you have a ton of options. And this is where that one-on-one -on -one conversation or, or, and building it within a retirement plan can guide you to know which supplement will fit the, your needs. Which this leads perfectly into another question we got recently. How do I know if I'm eligible to enroll in a traditional Medigap plan? If it is your first time electing Medicare, let's say you're 65 and this is your first time, you've got your A and B start dates, you're confirmed for Medicare A and B, you can enroll in a traditional Medigap plan no questions asked. It's after your first six months on a traditional Medigap plan with one carrier, if you want to switch to a different carrier, that there's underwriting. Or if you've gone, you know, years without a supplement, you've just been on A and B and you're outside your initial enrollment window and you're wanting to enroll in a Medigap plan, then expect underwriting. And you could either be denied coverage or if you do have an underlying condition, you'd just be paying a higher standard monthly premium. And with the alternative to Medigap, remind me what that's Advantage plans. Mm -hmm. Is it similar or is that is that a whole different ballgame? It's it's a different ballgame. So Advantage plans, there's never under, any underwriting required. But I'm glad you brought that up because let's say you're new to Medicare, whether you've retired past the age of 65 or you're 65, and you enroll in an Advantage plan, of course, there's no underwriting, but you have only 12 months to test drive that plan. If during those first 12 months, you're like, get me out of here, put me on a traditional Medigap plan, you can, no questions asked. But if you wait until outside of those 12 months to switch to a traditional Medigap plan, that's when you can expect underwriting. That's a great tip for people that mm -hmm. are th trying to debate these, these two options. And our last question, how do I change my Medicare coverage? Oh, this is my, this is my favorite million dollar question because this is so important to do. You can change your Medicare coverage every year. It's during annual enrollment, which is October 15th to December 7th. And I like to tell people, you know, put this on your calendar. Like you do meeting with your tax accountant at the beginning of the year, because even if your needs haven't changed or the medications you're on haven't changed, the supplement 
supplements and drug cards can and typically do change every year. You know, drug cards, they can cover a different set of formularies, different medications, even those your, yours haven't changed. Um, if for some reason your Advantage plan that you're on, doctors can choose not to contract with that Advantage plan the following year. And the worst, the most heartbreaking conversations I have meeting with new families is they didn't know that, they didn't make any changes, and from November to February getting the refills, it was a $600 difference because that drug card no longer covered their medications. So this time period, annual enrollment, is really an opportunity to just make sure that you're set up for success for the following year and every year after that. And I have to imagine somebody listening who maybe is not working with a Medicare director like you, like the families and individuals we work with, you help them through this. But let's say you're not doing that. I have to imagine it's probably not really obvious when some of these things change. It's not like they're sending you a real specific email or text that says your doctor is no longer in network. I assume this information is a little tricky to uncover. I've seen a few letters come through providers, regular providers letting their clients know that they're not contracting, like we'll no longer be billing this insurance and, you know, the drug cards, They'll let you know on a change of premium, but not the medications that are covered. That's probably the most devastating one that I've seen is specifically someone picked up a 90-day prescription in November and it was literally like $20. And then they go in for their next 90-day refill in February and it was over $1,000. Like wow. what What just happened? Like that is devastating. And at that point, they really can't make a change until the next annual enrollment period. So yeah, do your due diligence. And I like, I love that it's a part of a retirement plan because, you know, your plan can show you what, I don't want to use the word risk with healthcare, but it, it shows you what that, you know, what you're set up for success, rather if it's going through an Advantage plan, which have your drug cards in them, or the traditional Medigap supplement, your overall plan can show you what would be a an option that you would be set up for well the following year and every year after that. Because your plan, your retirement plan is a living, breathing thing that you have with you throughout your retirement. It's not this, you know, you you have a retirement plan and then that's it, we send you on your way. No, that plan gets updated every year with life-changing events, different decisions being made, legislation updates, which there's some big ones for drug cards over the next number of years. But your plan always will show you how to set yourself up best for success the following year. Okay, Jack, which do you think is more difficult? Picking out the engagement ring for Charlotte or electing Medicare? <laughs> well, for me personally, I had Charlotte actually go with me to look at rings. Oh, so that's cheating. It's not cheating. <laughs> if she's going to wear it the rest of her life, it better be something she likes or I'm in big trouble. Actually, you know what? I feel like that's congruent to having a retirement plan. It is. <laughs> but Medicare, at least in my case, would be a lot harder. Well, good thing that Charlotte helped you and Anna Marie Morrow helps the families and individuals that we work with. And good thing for you, you could take that first step on your journey to retirement by attending our online journey to retirement workshop. That's retirewithmerkel.com. Merkel is spelled M-E-R-K-L-E, but don't worry, the link is in the show notes. You can sign up, choose a time and a date that works for you and take in all of this great information about retirement. We'll continue talking about all of the aspects of retirement on this podcast. It's retiring today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. 
Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. He did ask my father for uh, permission first. Jack, you're, uh, you're getting permission? I got that. That's on the docket. That's on the schedule. Perfect. That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> but I don't know where my husband proposed to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're striking out here. Sorry. I got to get a little video. Actually, I do have a really good story, though. Okay. It's right. two seconds. All right. Let's try to get here. Okay. Okay. This is the secret behind the podcast. We just say a lot of words and then Jack puts them together. 